What does insight-driven messaging look like for sales? Like a whole lot more deals, fast. Jump on high-intent leads in the moment with Intercom, the business messenger that extends the reach of your team 24-7. Intercom creates more opportunities for you by booking meetings and collecting data from leads automatically. Take Intercom user Elegant Themes. They now convert 25% of leads through Intercom's messenger. Deals don't wait. Get them with Intercom. Go to intercom.com slash deals. That's intercom.com slash deals. Hey, welcome back. It's time for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. So strap on your fins, put on your goggles, and we're going to jump in. It's because it's wet out there right now with our host. Oh, no. Oh, are you, are you, is, it's, now that it's, it's fall again, are you facing uh, beach drizzle? It is. I don't know if it's drizzle or not, but it's dark outside, and there's drips on the window, and I don't like it. This is not what I moved to California for. Yeah, not so nice here, Paul. It's um, it's not a pretty day. Thankfully, it's not. A couple months from now, this might be like you know seven feet of snow or whatever. Yeah, up here. right. Uh, but today, it's not too bad. But they won't kick you out because I'm I'm from uh, Detroit, and I know that you're not supposed to say Quebec. You say Quebec, like just like see. You say. I know I know nothing. Like Quebec. I, I, yes. I, yo, yo hablo un poquito de español. <laughs> oh, but like zero, wow. <laughs> but zero French. And so I'm. It's thankfully there are a handful of people up here that that, I, that speak English as well. It's, it's been my saving grace the last couple. Only of years. as a second language. I'm telling you, the French is still in their heart there. So. <laughs> oh my goodness, they are very very proud. Well. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. As I mentioned, we are here live every Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. For those of you joining us live on the Funnel Media Radio Network, thanks for making us part of your workday. If you're listening to us on the podcast, thank you so much for subscribing. We continue to grow our audience, well over 100,000 listeners now for 2019. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And you can find every episode, past, present, and future on salespipelineradio.com. Every week we're featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. Today is absolutely no different. Very excited to have with us the VP of, of America Sales for Open Gear, Todd, Todd Rychecki. Todd, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. It's, it's been uh, since 2009 since I've done live radio. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome back. You know, 10 years is never too late to get back into live radio, so glad you could join us today. How, how is the drizzle situation wherever you're calling in from? Yeah, everything's fine here. It's, it's sunny and blue skies. I'm in Denver, Colorado. I think people that aren't familiar with Denver don't realize it. It is sunny a lot in Denver. Like, you, you get a reputation for being kind of cold and a lot more, you know, like, you know, snow in the winter, which happens. But it's sunny a lot in Denver, from what I understand. Yeah, like, they, they say about 300 days. That's not so bad. Not that way here in Montreal from my home base in Seattle. Definitely not like that. But no, thanks for joining us today. I was really excited to have you join the show. We feature a lot of people that are running sales organizations and we talk about a lot of different areas. And I think for us, you know, there's a few different places we can go. And one place I'm particularly interested in, I know you guys have had a lot of success building a reseller channel. And, you know, a lot of the companies we feature and a lot of people listening, you know, tend to gravitate more towards direct sales channels. And many of them look at companies that have built resale panels, and, and, and those that have done that successfully are a little envious of what you've built. I would love to have you talk a little bit about how that go-to-market strategy kind of came about for Open Gear and what, what has really made that reseller program so successful. Well, that, that was a great question, Matt. Our, our channel is one of the strongest areas of our organization. We, we started out initially selling direct to really anybody that would buy the product. I, I've been doing this since 2008. So 
I would sell directly to resellers, directly to end users, and basically street prices MSRP. So we started out with just 10, 10 partners initially, and over time started growing that to a point where we had 50 to 100 of them and could no longer transact with them directly. It was too big of an AR responsibility. So we moved to the channel. Initially, it started off as a dropship relationship with uh, Ingram and Cynics back in 2016. We did that for about a year. When things really started to take off is when we went to a stocking relationship. So no longer was the partner calling in and saying, is it in stock? What's the lead time? How, how quickly can I get it? They see it's in stock, they grab it, and, and they go. So between 2017 and 2018, as we transitioned to that stocking business model, we grew the business by 100%. I've seen it go from you know very small orders to, to very large enterprise orders, all being handled through a distribution network. This year, we doubled down on the channel. We only had uh, a couple of guys working at my director of my director of channel sales, Brian Keepers, uh, was doing it along with another gentleman in Chicago, Rob Gilming. But we decided to double down on it. So we, we now have three regions, overlays, uh, channel sales managers on the west, the central, and the east, along with a dedicated channel sales engineer. That has been with us since 2013, but we moved them into a new role in January. That's really paid dividends. Uh, the channel likes having a technical resource to, to help them answer technical questions. The other thing that we did, we had a partner summit last week. We announced a new elite level. So we now have enough partners that we can have a couple of uh, levels. So we have an elite level, a premier level, and then a standard level. And all these elites, you know, they're all doing a million dollars or more. Um, and we have eight of them now. It, it's been a really, really great growth story the channel for us here at Open Gear. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I think for a lot of companies uh, trying to figure out their go-to-market strategy and sales opportunity, building a channel is quite attractive, right? Because now you say, okay, I've got other people selling for me. I don't have to build a lot of those direct sales uh, sort of resources and costs internally. But I think what a lot of people don't think about is the amount of time it takes to get a channel up and running successfully. Talk a little bit about how you handled that at Open Gear and really how you then sort of also sort of condition the organization to have the discipline and the patience to help develop that channel into where it's been so successful today. Yeah, I think it's a, really about hiring the right people. I, I didn't come from a, a channel background, a pure channel background. I was more of an end user guy closing large opportunities and had to find the right person. And, and I did that in 2015 and realized it was going to take some time. So there were a lot of cycles, a lot of effort, a lot of awareness activities. But after about a year of doing that, um, we started seeing things happen. And I started to see the reach that the channel could provide us. As I started seeing these point of sale reports with these large organizations buying our product that I didn't know, I just thought they were resellers drop shipping it to themselves and you didn't know where it went. So you started to see the reach that you had there. And now you have hundreds of sales reps potentially. So the, the trick there is awareness and keeping, you know, keeping them educated on what you're releasing, whether you know, it's existing products or new products, um, and making sure that message then gets to the end user, their, their customer base. So we do a lot of account mapping. I think that's uh, one of the best, uh, best kept secrets in the industry. You know, where's the overlap between who you know and who I know? Um, that's really important. And then we can, that intelligence allows you to, to move much more quickly with an opportunity and get in quicker. So the other thing that we like to do, not only with end users, with our regional sales management team, but the channel is to get wider, deeper, higher. I talk about it all the time. So WDH. So it's much easier to go into an organization where you've already sold some product to get into other business units within that organization than it is to start over and take you a year to, to win a new opportunity. So we spend a lot of time doing that, not only with, like I said, the end users, uh, but 
our channel team talks to the partners about who else do you do business with? Okay, you do business with these guys, but you have 20 other customers that could also benefit from our solutions. So that's been very successful. That's awesome. We're talking to Todd Rychecki today. He's the Vice President of America Sales for Open Gear and really talking about sort of keys to developing a successful reseller strategy and talking a little bit about kind of what it takes to build a team and to sort of get that channel up and running. And you just referenced this, Todd, like, you know, part of the, I think part of the, the keys to success for those that are building out a channel program is also really effective communication and coordination yeah. between yourself and between the channels. Talk a little bit about what that requires from a marketing perspective as well. I mean, I think, you know, for organizations that are used to having more direct control over the sales organization, you know, you lose a little control with the channel side, which makes that communication and messaging that much more important. What are some keys to, to make sure that runs smoothly? From my standpoint, it's a lot about just the, the culture, the, the company culture, the sales culture. And it's about, for, for me, the, the message getting to the customer is one thing, but being accountable and urgency, communication and teamwork is all really, really important because we work in these, these, these regional teams. So um, getting back with people, for example, one, one of the things that, I, that everyone is required here is they have to get back with customers in 15 minutes. Okay. Um, there's, there's no exceptions there. Um, and we ask every salesperson to achieve this. Achieving your sales target is really not optional. So, so when you get to a point where your culture is solid, then your teammates in the region start holding themselves and each other accountable. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. So getting that message out to the partner is really, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of the culture that's been created and making sure that, you know, we have all this information, but is it getting to the right people at the right time? So right. if you hire the right, you have that culture of accountability, then, then the message gets there and it gets there quickly. And then it's just a matter of follow through and follow up for them and make sure that, that they have what they need and, and, and they can be successful with what you've delivered. And, uh, now, when it comes to differences in who you're selling to, when you think about selling into different industries, how do you account for that then? as part of that channel as well? Do you have certain channel partners that you count on for particular vertical yeah. industries or is it just sort of managing the complexity of saying, we've got a different message or different angle within a single channel or within a single reseller for multiple industries? How do you manage that? Right. Those differences? A, that's a great question. Thanks, Matt. So we work within many vertical markets. I mean, it's more horizontal. So because it's really anyone with a router switch or a firewall. So we play in retail, we play in finance, healthcare, manufacturing, technology and hyperscale. So it's really what you wear, what you drive, what you use. Open Gear is a part of that network. And our sales team calls on all those different vertical markets, as do our partners. Our partners have different, I think they have business units within their organization that calls specifically on finance, but all of our team is trained to be able to call on any of those organizations. And I think our marketing along with it focuses, we have campaigns like in Q2, we did a retail campaign. In Q3, we're doing finance. Next quarter, we're doing healthcare. So just a little bit here, our products and solutions allow these organizations to launch and provision and remotely access their network infrastructure all over the world. So the products are certified on the majority of these global networks. So these organizations, these vertical markets have offices everywhere. So it's a fast, easy, flexible way for them to monitor and manage this network that's critical mm -hmm. to their business. Because these guys, they say 98% of orgs, a single hour of downtime can cost $100,000. And that's what we prevent. We prevent downtime so that they can transact. Now, Todd, you cut your teeth, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, give away how old you are because I'm not totally sure. But I'm looking at your resume, like you've cut your teeth in a variety of different industries. You've been in telecom, you've been in healthcare. You know, what are some mm -hmm. of the things that you think that 
you know, in your in your role leading an organization now through sales growth like you have, what are things that you still call on in your, both your leadership skills as well as just sort of sales skills that harken back to some of your days like carrying a bag, uh, you know, with Verizon, yeah. Cardinal Health and others? Well, I mean, that's a great question. I, I don't ever ask anyone on my team to do something that I haven't already asked myself to do. So that's number one. Just going back to the sales structure and the culture, I created a superhero back in 2017. And I initiate every new hire with a superhero name based on their personality and role on the team. So many of them actually today call each other by their superhero name. And, and we like to keep it fun and competitive. I think that's really important. If it's not fun, then people don't want to work there. If it's not and competitive is, is important too. I mean, everybody that works for me is competing, uh, but in a fun way. And I like that about my team. I think recognition is important. The team wants to be recognized. I send out a boom email when, when I see a, you know, a hundred thousand dollar order. I, I recognize them and, and their team, their regional team, when they close an opportunity. I think those things are are very important. Having a president's club is important. We've done that now for two years. So I think those types of things are are important to keep it fun, to keep it creative. The other thing that I started doing um, is using video more. Um, so we do biweekly go to meetings with the regions and. Used to be just like we're talking now, you can't see each other, yeah. but now we've gone to video. I think, you know, being remote workers, which I've been my whole life, I've never worked in an office in, since 1991, it's important to be able to see the people you're working with. And as, and as, a, as a VP of sales now with 21, 22 people under me, it's uh, it's good to stay connected. So I think those those types of things are are very important. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. We'll be right back with more with Ty Rychecki. He's the Vice President of Sales Americas for Open Gear. We're going to talk more about, a little more about the reseller program, but also want to talk about sales culture and what it takes to build a successful sales organization in 2019. We'll be right back with Sales Pipeline Radio. Sales teams, is your website helping you turn prospects into customers? Because Intercom thinks it should be. Intercom makes that little chat bubble in the corner of a website. That's their messenger. But it's so much more than that. The Intercom messenger is designed for businesses to jumpstart on customer intent in the moment. It connects you when you're there or automatically books meetings and captures data leads when you're away. You'll sell more, more efficiently. Like Intercom user Elegant Themes. They added the Intercom Messenger to their site, and now they convert 25% of their leads to paid subscriptions through live chat. Just having the Messenger sparked valuable customer conversations that Elegant Themes might not have had otherwise. That's Intercom's whole deal, connecting you to customers while they're on your website with timely, personal insights. Because when customers have a great experience, it's great for business, too. Help your website help you land more customers. Then see everything Intercom can do. Go to intercom.com slash deals today. That's intercom.com slash deals. All right. Well, thank you, Paul. Back with our guest today, the Vice President of Sales Americas for Open Gear and Todd. We were You were alluding to some of the best practices you put in place to really create a successful sales organization. And it's one thing to hit your number. It's another thing to create an organization that really sort of runs smoothly and is prepared for growth. And, and you guys were recently named one of Selling Power's 50 Best Companies to Sell For, which is – Quite an achievement, given how many companies they look at on an annual basis. You, know, you talked about, you know, the cadence of communication and meetings and seeing each other. What are some other keys that you think have led to the recognition of being a great place to sell for? And so, what are some of the things that you see and are maybe most proud of that you've built in your sales organization? 
the President's Club is a great incentive, obviously. We went to Cancun two years ago in Cabo last year. But we, I also uh, implemented about two years ago quarterly sales awards, so the top percent to quota. And one, the, the Summit Award is for the RSM, the Regional Sales Manager. The Spotlight Award is for the Solution Architect, and the Channel Chief is for the Channel Sales Manager. And it's a nice piece of crystal. It sits on their desk. And what the team tries to do is take it from you. They're trying to hold on to it as long as they can, quarter after quarter. And as soon as they lose, if they do, then they have to ship it to that uh, RSM, for example, that won. So that's been a nice yeah. competitive thing and a nice quarterly award that has, I think, helped our organization here in the U.S. grow the business. But I believe the constant recognition is important for achieving sales, you know, consistent growth. I mean, we've had 12 years of year-over-year growth. We've never had a down year or flat year. The first six years I was here, it was 50% or more, and it continues to do very, very well in the last five years. So I think coaching, um, as you know, you probably talk to a lot of, a lot of VPs and CEOs, is it's a constant reinforcement of what you want and why. I take time out, and when I call a play, I expect everyone to run it or it doesn't work. So therefore, they know that running your own play is not an option. And I think, you know, ultimately, credibility as a manager or coach is really, really important. People want to come to work for people that have been successful or, or, or have done things the right way. And so that helps. They want to come to an organization that has credibility. And I think those things all help in creating an environment where people want to come to work, be successful, and achieve sales targets. Well, speaking of plays and partnerships, talk a little bit about what is, how you think about the relationship between sales and marketing and what are some of the keys that you look for from a marketing organization to successfully partner with sales, not just strategically, but on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis? Yeah, I have a bi-weekly call with my um, vice president of marketing. It's, it's very, very important. We have a channel marketing person as well. So that is one of the things that is critical from my perspective in, in the role that I am in, that it aligns with what's going out on the field, what I'm hearing from the regional sales manager, I'm hearing from inside sales, because if they don't align, then it doesn't work. So we discuss a lot of different ideas, whether it's trade shows or social or, or this, this, what we're doing today, things that we can get our, get the word out. So those types of things are very important in the organization. But I think just having those routine meetings and, and being able to look at a marketing calendar and what's coming up and, you know, what, what we can do differently, how do we course correct, uh, you know, those types of things are all very, very important. We continue to build out our marketing organization as we scale our sales. So it has grown along with us. As you continue to grow, you know, achieving some of those same sales growth numbers obviously gets harder and harder. What are some of your goals for improving open gear sales in the coming quarters, in the coming years? How are you looking at your go-to-market strategy differently? Or, you know, what are the things that you're prioritizing to continue that level of growth? I think a lot of it is we're going to be hiring some more people. I plan on hiring someone in Chicago, someone in Atlanta. We I promoted a couple of guys, uh, now promoted six people, as I said. Uh, earlier, and two of them now uh, recently are going to be effectively on October 1st. They're going to backfill Atlanta and Chicago, and we're going to add someone up in Toronto. So I, I plan on doing that in short order, probably in the next three to six months. The thing that that's really important is all these sales candidates that I have go through the same series of sales questions or interview questions. I call them my dirty dozen. Like, do you want to win or do you need to win? <laughs> that's one of them. 
but they also must exhibit self-starter characteristics because they're all going to be working from a home office and they must yep. have a history of achieving quotas. So it's, I, I think that's a big part of it is finding the right people and being consistent there. I think sales training is really, really important. Not only we want to train our people, we want to train our partners, we want to train our end users. So I, I think that is very, very important. You know, writing with the salespeople and providing that coaching one-on-one. I haven't been able to do that as often as I want to because I'm in scale mode, but now that I've got the, the hierarchy in place, we can do that. LinkedIn and sales navigator training is, is one of those continual things that we do. We, everyone on my team is very big in, into social selling, and we use LinkedIn a lot to identify prospects, get alerts when they move, uh, those types of things, and, and stay connected, like and share different things, uh, different articles, and, and we even have people that post. So all those things are, are very important. I think we, we talk a lot about training and, and t- selling tips and tricks. So we like to share those amongst our group. I think that's very important. Then we have this one training module that we do. It's called Ask the SE, the sales engineer. So he'll sit down and the team can ask him any, any question they want, any technical question that's come up in the sales cycle. So those types of things are very, very important and have created a, a, an environment for success. I love that. Well, wrapping up just a couple more minutes here with Todd Rychecki. And Todd, thanks so much for joining us. I know that uh, it is the end of the month here and end of the quarter, and I know that's a busy time, so I appreciate you spending time here. If you look back at your career and sort of your growth path and the people that have influenced you, who are, who are some people that may have stood out? You know, they could be former managers, they could be authors, they could be professors, you know, just people that have impacted you in a positive way in your career that you might recommend other people check out as well. Well, I mean, you know, there's there's people in your family. I think of my uncle, my uncle Tim. I, I think of the people that I've worked with, the CEOs I've worked with, like here Gary Marks and and Joe Pearl at Pearl Systems. They they all have a they all have an influence in in, in how you operate and the, and the things they share with you. And, and they're they're my litmus test for new ideas. Those have all been very important in my career. Various sales managers. I think one person I've been influenced from an accountability standpoint is Tom Osborne. I mean, I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I watched how how he held his teams accountable, and they won championship after championship after championship. And so those are the things that I try to take and coach my team on, seeing that the results are there and the proof is there, so let's go out and do this. So there, I would say that's probably those are the people that I look up to. Well, I want to thank our guests again today. Thanks so much, Todd, for joining us. Another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. You know, we don't get a chance, Paul, to spend a lot of time thinking about sort of the channel and resale. We spend a lot of time talking about direct sales and sales and marketing together. So really helpful to hear some of the keys to, to driving success. And congrats to Open Gear, not only on that kind of uh, sales growth, but also achieving that kind of growth while also being a well-respected company to sell for and to work for in the sales organization. Pretty impressive. If you want to hear this episode again, if you want to share this with your colleague, with your sales counterparts who may be thinking about building out a channel, you can find this episode on demand at salespipelineradio.com. You'll also find a transcript of our conversation with Todd up on HeinzMarketing.com here in about a week. But uh, for today, we're out of time. For my great producer, Paul, on behalf of my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Heinz. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. And with that, we wrap up another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio right here on the Funnel Radio channel for at-work listeners like you.